Welcome to the Tech UK podcast. We cover the latest in technology news. It's time to welcome your host, Giovanni, who is joined by his co-host, Stefano. This week on the Tech UK podcast, the MiFi has been hacked, a major Twitter flaw, Android's market share going through the roof, news about Office 2010, new YouTube options, Steam is out for the Mac, and much, much more. We have news from around the world and from the UK, including news about iPad prices, and including people that have been fined for using Twitter. Yeah, seriously. That's all this week on the Tech UK podcast. Episode number nine. So here we are, straight into the UK news. Well, so our first bit of news is about the iPhone. Seems Apple's been dominating the headlines every week uh, um, for the last few weeks. And now apparently the iPhone, it is practically on every network, well now it's moving on to free as well. So... Free apparently is set to launch the iPhone in the near future in the UK. Um, CEO Kevin Russell has repeatedly stated the iPhone will be available to customers, but now sales and marketing director Mark Alera has told TechRadar.com that an iPhone 3G isn't too far away. He said, we expect to range the iPhone imminently. We're currently talking to Apple and trying to get an agreement in place. We're confident and expect to be offering it to free customers, so what's this space? So... To be fair, they haven't actually made an agreement with Apple just yet, but uh, more competition is fantastic, and free yeah. is the network for um, for third generation or 3G um, actual connectivity because they are the ones that do have the best 3G network, at least where I leave, live, leave. <laughs> at least where I live, um, because they are offered to... They are able to offer these next generation things. They are able to offer internet reliably and at a reasonable speed because their network is the newest out of the major networks. And they were designed to support third generation 3G stuff. I think I think that some competition will be good for... For prices, yeah. yeah. Especially because Tesco currently has fantastic offers. I doubt they'll do any better than that because obviously Tesco does have the major marketing power to get big deals. But overall, it does give people more options, and if free does give us some really nice data networks, this could be a much better experience than on O2, which I'm currently getting how many bars 3G? Zero. Unless I go upstairs and put and make my own little tin foil antenna, in which case I can get five bars. I can't get anything outside, it's really that bad. But then I'll walk half a mile down and I'll get perfect 5 bar 3G. And I don't even have edge here. It's not like I'm that far outside London. And if this is what it's like slightly outside London, I can only imagine what it's like in proper rural areas. For example, I know I have to use GPRS, but even if that becomes low signal in certain places, that would be terrible. So I don't know what the freeze coverage is like, but from what I've used of it on my old free phone... It really is very good, at least in central London. And moving on to our next story, which is about the iPad's data plans. So we'll go on to how much the iPad actually costs in a bit. But the data plans are now out. So Vodafone is offering um, 
they're the only ones not offering, should I say, pay-as-you-go data plans. So they've only got monthly contracts. So for £10 a month, you'll get one gig of data, and for £25 a month, you'll get five gigs. Um, so it's in line with current um, laptop prices. And if you do go abroad, this is actually quite a good deal. It's 9 99 per day, but every day you do get 50 megs of data. So you can just sign up for a certain amount of days or and and just get 50 megs of data. Because you really can get charged thousands of pounds. It's something ridiculous like three pounds per megabyte abroad. So that, that could be 150 megabytes a day. Um, and at 10 pounds, that's a lot more reasonable. So, um, Vodafone doesn't include Wi-Fi, which I find sort of strange. And because for, for 25 quid on Orange, you'll get 10 gigs of data, which is already double um, the 5 gigs from Vodafone. And you'll get 750 megabytes of Wi-Fi. They do claim it's unlimited, but their unlimited is um, 25, um, 750 megabits. So, um, Orange does have... Pay daily schemes, which are how much is the fun again? Two pounds for I think it's two hundred megabytes. Yeah, and I get, that's the um the daily one. So yeah. they've also got a, a weekly one, which is seven pound fifty for about how much is it? Um, it's one gigabyte, is it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, for um seven complete days, and then you can get the the monthly plans um from them, which are obviously twenty five um pound per month plan where you get the 10 gigs and you can also do a 15 pound one where you get 3 gigs then of course you got O2 which do do both um, uh I said do do (laughs) both um, pay as you go and monthly data but they've got less options than orange so you'd think it would have been the flagship one but obviously here in the UK we do have competition compared to other countries (laughs) US um, so, so more, more, more competition for for Apple now, because from uh, the last story, we 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 uh, had competition, and now this story we have competition. I think that I think that everybody wants to be with Apple. Yeah, it's not that they want to be with Apple; it's that they want to um to enjoy <laughs> the profits essentially. Um, so, O2 has kind of a strange pl- pricing thing. So, they have, um, for 3G, you can pay £2 per day, and that'll get you quite a big um, 500 megabytes of data, which I'd say is really good, actually. 500 megs for £2 is quite decent, actually. And, strangely, if you go for the £10 monthly one, you get 1 gig of data. So, you can either pay £10 and get 1 gig of data for a month, or you could do £2 a day and £5, that will add up to, um, over five days, it'll be £10, but you'll be able to get two and a half gigs of data. So, this seems to be a strange one. It's more if you don't use that much data, but only want to pay a £10 um, contract. So, uh, what else then? So, yeah, that's um, yeah. that's the iPad's data deals. But, of course, we're going on to the iPad's, and as I predicted on my blog back in January, which you can find at mepipe.com, mepipe.com, I predicted it would be around £425. Well, turns out it's actually £429. So, I was £4 off, but that's pretty good. Um, I say it's pretty good, it's pretty good, it's pretty good, um, 
guess. Pricing slightly, it's about $50 off the US price, so um, you could be getting slightly angry at the fact that $500 is not £429, it's more like £340, but then the $500 in the US don't have tax, and obviously if you were to go out to a store, you'd pay about 570 which is around, for, what is it, £390, so you're paying around a £30-£40 premium, so it's not that bigger premium it's it's typical i would have said as i have said before if it was 329 which would be the price of that vat i would have bought it instantly yeah i f- yeah i think i think I probably that's would have bought two even yeah and um and um i think that's also like loads of other people would just yeah buy. it would be yeah but then when you see i would have even i would have bought one at 399 probably Probably not actually, because it wouldn't have a camera, and that much would be too much to justify without a camera. But when it gets four twenty nine, you've completely missed the thing that they have in the US, where they say, "Oh, it's four ninety nine." Well, here it's four twenty nine, when it could have been three ninety nine. So if you do want to go for the four ninety nine option here, which is four hundred and ninety nine, that will be for the um, thirty two gig. So the sixteen gig is four twenty nine, thirty two is four ninety nine, sixty four gig is five ninety nine. Um, so for some reason, from 32 64 gigs, you have to pay £100, while between 16 and 32, you only pay 70 And you add on £100 to any of those prices to get the 3G version, which includes 3G and a compass, so, well, assisted GPS. So for the most expensive, 64 gig, it's 699 with um, 3G, and the cheapest for 16 gig is a 529. I still think they kind of missed... the. They kind of missed a shot here because they didn't do an eight gig one. Yeah, I, I well, understand why because even the that, iPod's getting a bit small now with eight gig. I think that that uh, the three G iPad is looks really really bad at the back. Yeah, because of that bl- black strip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same. I just with, think it's just annoying. I know it's because you kind of look. You compare the Wi Fi and the three G, and it's just. Slightly more ugly, I say slightly, quite a lot. Um, and obviously, even if you look at it from the front, there's kind of like yeah. a black bar at the top, and uh, it's just like really. It's awful. kind of like really, yeah. I know, I understand why they do that because it does increase the um the um connection signal. Mm. But obviously, if it's going to make it look like that, uh. <laughs> so on a more serious note. Someone has just been fined for actually using Twitter. So, this user of Twitter called Paul Chambers uh, decided that he was going to post the following tweet. And the tweet was, Crap, Robin Hood Airport is closed. You've got a week. Dot, dot, dot. Otherwise, I'm blowing the airport sky high. So, um, he's been prosecuted under Section 127 of the Communications Act 2003. So you look at me, I know all my laws. Not really, I'm just reading off the I mean, yes, I know my laws. Um, so he's been prosecuted under Section 127 of the Communications Act 2003 for sending an indecent, obscene, or menacing message. And basically he's been fined £1,000, and now he has a criminal record. Well, um, who and how did they find this tweet then? So obviously... um. You can do Twitter search. So if you go to search.twitter.com, you can search for keywords. So say you're obsessed with um, Robin Hood Airport, 
or you just want to monitor it, you could be you just need to go to search.twitter.com and um, type in Robinhood Airport. And every time someone um, tweets about Robinhood Airport, it appears there. So if you're in the airport and you might be a member of staff who controls public relations, and you see that someone's just posted that, you might want to report this user to the police. So I guess that's what ended up happening. I don't think that they actually um, um, explained how they found out, but obviously this joke, as they call it, I think that, yeah, I think it's been a bit more of a slight overreaction, really, because people can't say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill Gordon Brown, I'm going to do this as a joke. And just because you didn't post it online, it's the difference between libel and slander, which what, obviously one is more written, the other one's said. So I don't really think there's a difference between someone saying, I'm going to kill Gordon Brown as a joke verbally and writing it down obviously the only difference i can think on think of is that you can't really sense sarcasm um yeah online so but to be honest I was what's he really going to um blow up the airport we don't know well yes <laughs> yeah he was <gasps> do you know this man no <laughs> okay see it's not funny it's not a joke it's obviously according to the government it's a very serious thing yeah and, obviously, Twitter Universe kind of took this as ridiculous and, obviously, think that the £1,000 fine was a bit of a overreaction. And, basically, they came up with a hashtag, which was Twitter Joke Trial, and that was essentially what they, they used to talk about this. Um, let me just take a quick look at what people are actually saying now, and bearing in mind this is Friday and this was bigger news back on Monday... Um, people now are kind of, they're not really talking about it that much. There, there's people, I've actually seen quite a few people on here now saying, uh, the decision is wrong. Um, people have written really long blog posts about it. And it just looks, even people in the US saying, oh, it's fine, it's $1,500. It's absolutely Beep. crazy <laughs> that, yeah, the people here are not... Um, <laughs> yeah, I've just read actually a, um, a tweet, this actually made me laugh, by Gavin Brightman on Twitter, and he said, um, I'd add a disclaimer to that last tweet, didn't you hear about the Twitter joke trial? If not, read up. So that was, um, in reply to someone else. So, um, crazy, and there's actually, this is serious, they've actually got, um, a joke trial fund, which, how is this working then? I think if I understand this correctly, they're basically trying to raise money to um, <laughs> essentially let him pay off the the thousand pounds because this is it's a bit crazy and people just don't want this to um to happen. So what happens then? Let me just read this. So there's actually a whole web page online which says he has been fined one thousand pounds and now has a criminal record. His total expense is now approaching two thousand pounds. Not a small sum to anyone really. More so when you realise that criminal records scuppers his chance of qualifying as an accountant. This tweet has been referred to by the media as a threat, to which people have responded angrily saying it was a joke. I think it was a type of exaggeration that everyone does in real life and on Twitter every day. Paul has twenty one days to decide on whether to appeal or not and will be taking advice. On this over the next few days, in the event of more money being donated than is needed, the money will be donated to UK Civil Liberty Fund. 
He also says that I realise most of you will not know me or have the reason to trust me, but after the initial frenzy has died down, I'll organise for Paul Sarah to take over the account. Um, since I started this, Stephen Fry has very generously offered to pay the fine, but that still leaves Paul very much out of pocket, especially if he decides to appeal. So, wow, Stephen Fry has done quite a good deed here, um, <laughs> even deciding to help pay off the trial, because... This is obviously an issue with free speech. If you're going to be censoring what people say and you're going to be finding people for what they say. So if I say, oh, I've just had a really bad experience with um, Microsoft, they might start um, suing me. This is not what Twitter is for. These companies need to get their act together. So moving on to our next story, which is about broadband. So we're back to a bit of um, broadband here. So broadband providers, Orange and T-Mobile, set to be run by a company which is going to be called Everything Everywhere. So, this is a new company which has been um, established as a merger of both companies coming together, and this will actually have a combined customer base of 30 million people, which is actually half of the UK population. So, this is going to be happening on July 1st, and they're actually going to be having um, Everything Everywhere, as they're going to be called, will have the biggest retail presence of all broadband and mobile providers. And I don't know how this got even through the um, the EU regulation and so, competition things. But um, essentially, they will not be changing name their shops, but they will now be run by a big company called Everything Everywhere. So but this is just really a new it's, name. Yes, yeah, a new name, essentially. Um, and no one's actually going to be calling it that anyway, so it's not that much of a, of a big deal. And... Moving on to OnLive. So if you remember OnLive, this was the cloud gaming service, which essentially allowed you to use any any PC, even a netbook, to play the highest-end games, because all the processing was to be done up in the cloud. Well, no, we're not going to tell you that it's actually um, been shut down, but it seems that it's actually coming to the UK. So it was Yay. a US exclusive, and now BT has signed rights to the OnLive service in the UK. And they've actually bought a 2.6% share in the company. And BT will now be providing... Um, pr- providing? <laughs> That's good. Providing <laughs> um, online services to its customers. Because um, CEO of BT Retail, Gavin Patterson, said... Entertainment is going to be at the heart of what we offer customers in the future. So the more I think of um, BT doing this, it's kind of strange. I would have thought someone like Sky would have done this. Yeah. As they are more... even Virg- I think Virgin Media would have been an even better fit. But... Mm. That's it. So this is an exclusivity, is it? So it's an exclusive agreement. Ah, so CEO of OnLive has said, the UK market is extremely important to us. Okay, that's a lie as they just went with an exclusive deal. But (laughs) that's obviously not his words. He continues to say, and our video game publishing partners um, as we expand into Europe. We view BT as the ideal UK partner. I don't see why. As gamers are moving increasingly to online game distribution, online delivers video games that have pure form of online media, playable instantly on almost any video-capable device attached to the internet. <gasps> okay, that was the longest statement ever, but it continues. The implications are nothing short of transformative to video games, and in such time, all interactive media. OnLive is delighted to be pioneering this revolutionary technology in the UK together with BT. Woohoo! Woo! I know, you can sense the sarcasm, can't you? So, this is actually going to mean the BT will essentially have to cover, um, I don't know, let's say two-thirds of the UK 
with super fast broadband. Oh, look, that's the name of our next story. Yeah, um, yeah. Just one note, I think on that, our life. Yeah, I think this is is really really good that it's coming to the UK. I know it's something that we actually get in the UK, which um we don't have an idea to complain about, unlike the prices with the iPad. But this is obviously going to be um we're going to have to look at the price because if it is how we were um how we reported earlier on, this actually might have been on episode one of um the Take Shape podcast um that we reported that. On live will not be um the, you pay a subscription, but for that you only get demos, which is very strange. So unless they start including games in this price, that'll be really, really not good. Um, anything um, to add? Uh, no, not really, to be honest. Um, okay. So as we were going on to BT is to cover tw- two thirds of the UK with super fast broadband, or as I make calculation in my head, oh, sixty-seven percent. Okay, yeah, I know 66.6 recurring, but come on, guys. So, um, Tech Radar is reporting via the BBC that BT has set up super fast next generation broadband to two thirds of the UK by 2015, and it will be spending £1 billion um, in order to do this. So, this is slightly. How am I going to put this? Amazing. So, um,. The commitment is to invest £1 billion into UK broadband and as it made a clear profit of over £1 billion the last year, up to 35, uh, 31st of March 2010, it means that they're basically just reinvesting the money. So a quarter of those that will have access to um, uh, fibre active services from BT will also get fibre to the home. So those are the ones that will be getting... 100 megabits and uploads of up to 30 megabits, which is crazy. And everyone else will be getting download speeds of 40 megabits, um, which crazy that we're going to get this. It really does seem that we, we don't even have content that's taking advantage of this unless we're going to be streaming free HD channels at once over the internet, which we will be doing very soon, I think. I, um, I don't see this being used that much today, for example. But I think this is really good for um uh, for companies to um uh, do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Investment is what they need to do. Fantastic for consumers here in the UK. Um, I know even countries like Portugal have had fantastic fibre optic in certain places for quite a while, and um, they they have really good speeds. In the UK, it's it's not that difficult. I don't think um because of the fact that we are quite a compact country. <laughs> Obviously, this does mean um, it will be interesting to see people's interpretation of the UK, because if the UK, once again, is then discriminating against Northern Ireland, they probably won't be too happy either, because I, I'm not even sure if BT operates in Northern Ireland. I'd like to get some feedback from our listeners on that. But um, as with on live, as with BT, I would like to see these services across the whole of the UK, not just... Central London, not just new flats, but as BT is proposing, to two-thirds of um, the UK. And that does seem to be a lot. Though if you do think that two-thirds includes most major cities and then their suburbs, you'll probably be right, because it's very unreasonable thinking that for any reason they're going to be putting um, fibre optic in the middle of the countryside, because if there's no houses there, they're not going to make their money back, are they, realistically? 
So that was it for the UK specific tech news. So back to our news bulletin, and this is our three minute news bulletin where we cover six stories in just three minutes. Enjoy. Telegraph is reporting that Skype is to offer ads in order to keep providing its free service. Josh Silverman, Chief Executive Officer of Skype, says that they think our users expect us to do it so we can continue to support free, but it will be done in a tasteful way. Skype currently is 100% ad free, and it's unclear whether the adverts proposed would be in the form of banners or audio ads, which have proved popular for advertisers on other services such as Wii7 and Spotify. Neowin.net is reporting that the beta of Firefox 4 is to arrive in June this year. The new features expected of browser Firefox are increased speed, HTML5 support, full control over your data and browser, a revamped UI, improved stability and performance, 64-bit support, installing add-ons without restarting, and much, much more. The final release is expected in November, but of course all this is subject to change. On Wednesday, Valve released Steam for Mac, the world's best PC game distribution service. The service supports Steam Play, which allows you to play for a game once on your PC or Mac and use it cross-platform and on as many devices as you want. Valve says that they'll be releasing new games for the Mac every Wednesday. To celebrate, all Mac and PC users can download the 100% free version of the game portal to keep and play forever. For a full review of Steam for Mac, Check out our sister podcast, The Gaming UK Podcast, on iTunes. There have now been three leaks of the new iPhone HD, as it's being dubbed. Gizmodo's high-profile leak, which is still being investigated by the US police, an early Twitter leak back in February, and now Vietnamese website TAOVIET.VN has got its hands on the fourth-generation iPhone. Is this the leakiest iPhone ever, or is this just Apple marketing stunts? The popular free streaming service Spotify has been updated. There are a host of new social networking features which allow you to recommend songs to your friends on social networks such as Facebook. You can now also import your iTunes collection so you can play your iTunes and stream songs all flawlessly without interruptions, apart from ads obviously. One minor downside is that the play count of songs isn't synced with iTunes currently when you play them on Spotify. To get the update, just launch Spotify and it will prompt you to update. If you still haven't got the update when you launch it, just sit back and wait for a few weeks as the updates are being slowly but surely rolled out. And finally, VentureBeat is reporting that Asos to launch a device running the Chrome OS within two weeks at the Computex conference that runs from June 1st to June 5th. The OS is geared towards netbooks but it's also suitable for laptops and tablets. It's unclear whether these devices will be made available for purchase, at what price points and what types of devices these will actually be. So, welcome to the international news, and the MiFi, which we have both here in the UK and over in the US as well, and I think it costs around, is it £50 on free, and it's around $200 um, in the US. 
Um, so if you buy an iPad and you don't want to get, let's say, I don't know, a 3G connection or you don't want to buy the 3G iPad, you can essentially use something like the MiFi, but until now it's been limited to just the network. And just to quickly reiterate what the MiFi does is it, um, it uses the 3G signal and then it turns that into a Wi-Fi hotspot. So wherever you walk around, you'll be able to take a portable Wi-Fi hotspot for all your devices. So um, if you don't want to pay however much the iPad is and just however much the iPad um, price plans are and just use it on one device, you can play very, pay very similar amounts and um, have a MiFi which then you you can share the connection on up to five devices. So, say you pay your £10 for one gigabyte, which I think this is available on free, and it means that you pay £10 on free, you get your one gig, and it turns that 3G signal into Wi-Fi, so you can connect it to your uh, iPad. And now it's been unlocked. And, I obviously... Think- one second, please. Um, this will mean that you can put any SIM card in there from any network, which is fantastic. I think this is really good as people who who might want the Wi-Fi version um, may may connect it to uh, their iPad and... And, yeah, just yeah. get 3G for very, very cheap. So, moving on to Twitter once again. And so what happened was, this is a very... um interesting flaw which has been discovered and basically what this flaw allowed you to do was to type into um your your little message box you go twitter.com you just type in for example accept stephen fry and what it would do is it actually get that person to follow you so i could say i don't know accept gordon brown if he were on there and everything i tweeted would appear in his timeline and this allowed to people being inundated with tweets so Twitter then said, we identified and resolved the bug that permitted users to force others to follow them. Crazy that no one had thought of this, um, even trying this before. It's just, it's just little flaws like this that happened. And, um, basically, this was, who found it? It was a Turkish man known as Bilo31, who, um, typed in, well, how, um, okay, so... He, um, he was a fan of a heavy metal band called Accept, and when he tweeted Accept Pawns, P-W-N-Z, he, meaning like, oh, it's fantastic, um, he discovered he was automatically followed by um, the user, which was at P-W-N-Z. So, this is a little flaw which basically got you a lot of attention if you wanted over a short period of time. So then, Twitter's fix this, took down everybody's... Um, follower numbers and everyone was down to zero followers and there was a whole um hashtag and it was absolutely crazy and a lot of people actually went into typing except at lady gaga in order to to get a lot of um attention from certain celebrities and essentially yeah twitter's fixed it so they did that quite quickly and not much disruption in the end they restored everyone's followers back to how they were and Working perfectly now. Yeah, yeah. I think this is really good as 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 like some uh, celebrities could have been like ruined because of of, of this. To be honest. Yeah, you are right. And <laughs> that sounded very strange. So 
Uh, Android now, this is very interesting actually for me, is that Android mobiles are now selling the iPhone dun, dun. in the US. So in the US, we've got three main players. I say three, we're going to just put it up to five. So we have RIM, Android, OS X, which is obviously um, iPhone or OS X, Windows Mobile or Windows Mobile, and Palm Webos or Palm WebOS. So, RIM, uh, back in the start of 2009, was at around 50% market share, and they've now actually gone down in one year to 40%. Uh, at this time last year, OS X had just under 20%, they've now got just over 20%, and Android has gone from, what's this, about 5%, they've gone up to 30%, so they've overtaken OS X. And obviously, Windows Mobile going straight downhill from about 21% to about 12%. Others, pretty much flat. Palm WebOS peaked back in quarter um, three of 2009, and they've gone down again, almost at 0%. So, mm. just want to point out that iPhone's no longer the number two in smartphones. It's actually Android. Now, I'm very shocked about this too honest now what apple has said is in the following story is that they um said that the npd data doesn't tell the whole story because they actually asked several um how, how can i say this several different users on the internet they asked how many was it they say it was 150,000 us consumers and that does not account for more than 85 million iphone and ipod touches customers worldwide so it's very it was very constricted to just online users who filled out this survey who are probably going to be more technical and therefore would use Android more. Uh, so, a who was this? It was Natalie Harrison, who is Apple's spokesman. And she, um, she said, We had a record quarter with iPhone sales growing 131%, and with our new software OS 4.0 coming this summer, we see no signs of the competition catching up anytime soon. They say that while Rim is still in, ahead of them. Um, and Nokia has, even Nokia has 19.4% market share, which is quite big, even in smartphones. What is RIM just RIM, Research Emotion, so, um, RIM are the ones that make Blackberries. Oh. So, I, I, you can see why. I didn't think... Obviously, these are only smartphones, and smartphones only account for, um, less than a quarter of all, um, phones. I think it was 19%. Really? Um, in the US, obviously. These are all US figures. And if you were to do it worldwide, the iPhone will be nowhere near number one, two, or three because it's it's just literally not there because you have phones like the BlackBerry selling so well here. Um, Android's phones, I've been seeing them everywhere lately. But bearing in mind, the iPhone here has got a lot of traction with all these new carriers um, offering it as well. So we'll see. I would like to see some UK statistics. I think it would be really interesting. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Microsoft Office um, from Microsoft, obviously, as the name implies. Really? Yeah, I know. It's You'd never guess, would you? You probably think it was made by Apple. And basically, um, in June, well, actually midway through June, June 15th, you'll be able to get Office 2010 um, available in stores. So at the same time, we'll also be able to have Office Live, which is um, essentially Google Apps branded by Office. You can also um, find that currently at docs.com, which is a fantastic um, domain. So for pricing, we have the student edition, which costs 
109 pounds, which includes Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and OneNote. And um, if you want the home edition, it costs 239 crazy amount of money, um, which is that plus Outlook. If you want professionally, you get publisher and access as well for £429. I still haven't learned pricing, have they? £109. Whereas I can get... So this is RRP, to be honest. I... Um, yeah, go on. Yeah. I work, is that what you're going to say? No. Um, <laughs> just just I, to point out, I work, you can get it for between 30 and £50. So that does show you how much of a difference um, there is in the Apple pricing. Even though Apple the thing is, is cheaper. Um, the thing is, only, yeah. only Apple can only Apple can get away with with, with these ridiculous amount of of prices. prices yeah. yeah, so Apple would get away with charging this much for their stuff, but it just means that, as usual, everyone's just going to be going onto torrent sites and downloading stuff. When I say stuff, I obviously mean <laughs> Office twenty ten. But we will get onto um other stuff which is being downloaded on LimeWire and on Torrents slightly later on. Mm. But obviously Office 2010 is coming out in June 15th. But if you are a business customer, you can actually get it now on TechNet and on the other thing, MSDN, so Microsoft Developers Network and TechNet, you're now able to download Office 2010 and you're able to deploy it. Mm. So that's just a bit of a quick side note. So... I've actually got another story here, but I'm going to move this to our last story so that we can get onto this um, this torrenting. And so the US Copyright Group and Voltage Pictures, which are responsible for the Hurt ho- Locker, Hurt. <laughs> the Hurt Locker, um, I are teaming so up to, to, sue, to sue. This is going fantastic. I can read lately. I know. <laughs> so Hurt Locker, um, Voltage Pictures and US Copyright Group are teaming up to sue 10,000, tens of thousands of peer-to-peer users who downloaded the film Hurt Locker illegally. So Hurt Locker didn't actually make that much money, it only made $16 million, but it ended up winning 16 Oscars. So people are wondering, where's where's the money? It won six, did I say 16 Oscars? I meant six Oscars. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Crazy! I so want to see that movie because um because it's so it won so many awards. To be honest, so yeah, as do a lot of people who have decided to just torrent it. And the U.S. Copyright Group is the same um group which actually um made headlines last month by helping German director U. Boll sue more than two thousand P2P users for downloading his film Far Cry. They don't get it, do they? That. All this does is make their fans hate them. Mm. But I do, to be fair, I do notice that sixteen million is a bit of a low, um, low grossing film, even though they still made it for a couple of million. So it's just greed. And on a similar note of people not getting stuff and deciding to sue other people, the RAAA, which are the Recording Industry Association of America, um, basically are suing LimeWire and they're suing the starter of it, the person who founded it. Um, for, uh, let me see, for, for all the, the infringing works are on there. They've accused them of founding their business on, um, copyrighted, uh, material, and that's what all their business is, um, basically based upon. And the evidence demonstrates that, I'm quoting now, LimeWire, 
Optimize LimeWire's features to ensure that users can download digital recordings, the majority of which are still copyrighted, and that LimeWire assisted users in committing infringement. So, uh, absolutely crazy. I only found out about LimeWire a couple of years ago. You, I've only found out about LimeWire today. Crazy. It's, it's essentially BitTorrent where you can get caught. Same with BitTorrent, actually. Don't use it, people, unless you're downloading Linux. Linux, fantastic, actually, over BitTorrent. Instead of taking me 45 minutes like it took um, last time when I downloaded the download, it actually took me 20 minutes time for. So, just a little tidbit there for you. <laughs> so, um, the RAAA has said it's entitled to maximum statutory damages, which is $150,000 for each registered work that was infringed. Essentially saying that with all the billions, I say billions, well, millions of songs and movies on there, it's going to run into billions of dollars, which apparently um, LimeWire is somehow going to find the money to pay. But they're not. They're just going to go bankrupt. Yep. A uh, very similar story actually came up where they were doing the very same thing for um, Pirate Bay, but different people can't actually find that story right now. And finally, on a bit of a more positive note, YouTube actually has added something useful, which they do a lot of the time. So What's now, when, Okay. <laughs> now when you... um. Upload something, you can select free privacy options, unlike Facebook. Um, you have public, where anyone can search for and view. This is the recommended one. You have unlisted, which only people with a link can view. And you've got private, where only specific YouTube users can view. So if you don't know the YouTube accounts of your friends, just send them a link, obviously, if the link does get shared around. Only, um... What was I going to say? Only they, um... Only they can view it, but if they do get linked, they can view it anyway. And also, um, unlisted videos are treated just like any other video, YouTube spokesman Chris Dale said, which means that um, you can, users can flag videos they believe to violate our community guidelines, and they also have the automatic scanning thing, which does find um, illegal stuff and then flags videos, either deletes them or removes the music or whatever they want to do to them. And that's it for the UK news and the worldwide news and for the Tech UK podcast this yep. week. Thank you very much for joining us and we will see you next week with a whole lot more news and a whole lot more fun. We'll also have some emails to read soon. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tech UK podcast. Get the show notes and archives on our blog at techukpodcast.blogspot.com. You can subscribe to the Tech UK podcast at feeds.feedburner.com slash techukpodcast or search iTunes keywords Tech UK podcast. Or you can email us at techukpodcast at gmail.com with your comments and suggestions.